He's excited. We're back to where we started this I, whole thing. Yeah, I know. This is. I think it's dumb. It is dumb. It's so dumb. <laughs> we, just, we just spent like 20 minutes debugging the freaking audio. Got back to where exactly where we started. Having touched every knob, every connection reset. Everything. We figured out what new things do that we didn't know. <laughs> but it wasn't until we got back to exactly where we were everything the quality came back. <laughs> well, quality in quotes. Uh, yeah. Let's say par. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the relative quality <laughs> of the podcast is back. Uh, uh, audio. We make no <laughs> yeah, guarantees no, for quality. No, yeah, no. We make no guarantees about the content. <laughs> it's all hot garbage. Um. So I was so proud of my wife this week. She made what might be the best joke of our relationship. Wow. And uh, No. Maybe. I'll, I'll let you judge. I'll give you the two best jokes I think she's ever made. Okay. The first one, she didn't even do anything. She just laughed at me as it was ha- happening. No. I told you about the Parmesan cheese, right? Probably, but it's not ringing a bell, so let's remind us, kept, everyone. Uh, made the joke that a Parmesan cheese packet looks similar to a condom, and she told me I should put it in my wallet because I might actually use the Parmesan cheese. It's pretty good. That's a good one. Number two was we were in the grocery store years ago, and I am a large guy, and I was backing up in the aisle because there was a commotion or, or blockade in the grocery aisle. And an aisle or two over, simultaneously, someone was backing up a jazzy scooter, so it was beeping as you were backing up. Nice. She just started laughing at me immediately. (laughs) Didn't even have to say a word. That's pretty good. Number three, I told her that I had just watched a thing online that popped up in my Facebook feed about this kid coming out to his mom, and I was crying because it was... Touching. Those get me, like, really good. Yeah. Like, and... uh, I was crying, and she said, oh, are you just upset because you never got to tell mom you you come out to your mom? And I was like, holy, did you just make a dead mom and a gay joke at the same time? Simultaneously. Yeah. So that was a twofer. I was pretty proud of her. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Good for her. I'm really happy for her. I'm trying to find, Marianne said something, and I wrote it down for posterity. Uh, and I'm trying to find it. That's fine. Why do you do that? So this might come as a shock, but there's a lot of mocking and making fun of in my household. No. Yeah. <laughs> and so we had, the boys were doing impressions of people as we threw them out to them. Uh, so for example, my wife said to do an impression of me and my four-year-old sat down and pretended like he was reading a book and was just going, leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. Like, again, like this is humor, but at least to a degree that hurt a little because that's what he like at least on some level that's what he feels like mm-hmm. uh and then he did uh he did my wife which was just her putting on makeup and then my eight-year-old was miming something and we're like what are you doing he's like i'm washing the dishes because she's the dish fairy <laughs> <laughs> so the best one though is my wife said do my mom to my four-year-old and he did this incredible like Michael Jackson moonwalk with his knees bent so he pretended to be on a hover round so he was like <laughs> pretending like he was moving the thing and he was just like turning and like driving around on this invisible hover round scooter that's awesome it was pretty incredible I'm never gonna find this no 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 I, I feel like I'm trying here I, it was and, good vamping oh okay good good I um, appreciated it so I was pretty pretty proud of that one um anything exciting this week happen uh 
nothing has happened, but tomorrow is the office Christmas party. Ooh. Pretty excited about that. Cool. I know. Tis the season to bank podcasts and record them early. <laughs> so uh, we did a Secret Santa, and I was like, I hope I draw this person's name. Boom. I got that person. I know exactly what to get that person. I'm very excited about what I got for that person. Cool. Is it a mystery, or do we get to know? Or are we not going to care? You're, I mean, you're not going to care. Okay. Moving it's on. video game related. Moving on. Uh, last year at Christmas, my then three-year-old had the thing where you send in money and they have shit to buy, which is always every dad gets a coffee mug every time and every mom gets an ugly pair of earrings. Okay, yeah. So they And uh, he came back and he immediately can't keep a secret and he said that he got me a spooky movie. And I was like, okay, obviously that's not the case. His preschool did not have a spooky movie yeah. for him to buy. So, And you could tell by the packaging it was a DVD. So my assumption was this is like a, a Yule Log burning DVD or something. <laughs> you know, like, like that's honestly what I thought. So imagine when I opened my that DVD on Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. It was fucking Ghostbusters. <laughs> I was like touched that's like awesome he did so good like if he were to shop and, mm-hmm. and what a fucking great gift for a three-year-old to pick out for me like yeah. i was so happy like that was great like, tears movie. tears welled up like it's one of the few perfect movies uh came out the year we were born and it has to do with ghosts mm-hmm. that's that's a rust threefer yeah it's uh it was pretty touching like in all seriousness like i was yeah. like holy shit like what are the odds and then he nailed it. Awesome. Nailed it. And then my eight-year-old this year got me a pocket calculator that holds money and credit cards that I will never use <laughs> ever. But he was also somehow convinced that you swipe your card and it'll tell you like how much your balance is. That would be a neat feature. So I'm trying to tell him that's not how it works. And he's like, no, look at the picture, Dad. And it just shows a credit card in there. <laughs> And it's got the screen, yeah. and I think he's just putting his assumption into that. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, he's like, he's kind of upset. Like, you haven't even used it yet. And I'm like, I'm not going to use a credit card calculator, dude. I appreciate it. Usually, usually he's the kid that gets. He's like, I got you a Velcro dartboard at the school fair for you. Do you want to play it with me? That's <laughs> yes, that's actually a really yes, good bud. Gift. Let's play. <laughs> I want a Velcro dartboard. You won one. Want? Oh, you want one. Yeah. I've probably got a few you can have. <laughs> I was also bitter because my wife, uh, so we do the Elf in the Shelf thing, and she put out a laundry basket one day, and it said, uh, Elf wrote a note and said, like, give away toys that you don't play with anymore to children in need or whatever to donate them. Mm-hmm. And my eight-year-old read that as uh, leave a gift, get a gift. So I, So he was like, <laughs> Just every like I'm looking at all these toys like I remember when you had to have that fifty dollar piece of shit, and now he's and I'm like, dude, you it's this is not a one for one ratio. I know you keep thinking that it is not a one for one. You need to really think about if you're wanting to give all this shit away. So he's just putting in one of oh, I got you. You didn't think the basket was one for one. He thought I give all this and then I'm gonna get another basket. No, no, or I give a gift. Every toy that I give away i'm getting another one from santa right no not happening no (laughs) very much made a point like i say this every year that we need to scale back scale back scale back because i'm kind of bad at that Mm -hmm. but uh 
think we've done okay at scaling back this year. There's still time for me to go overboard. Yeah, it's uh, five days till Christmas, and I still have to buy some gifts. Yeah, I've got a couple things coming from Amazon, but that's it. Yeah, I bought a thing from Amazon, and then I need another thing, and then I need things for other people. Uh, so neat things. In true Russ fa- fashion, like my wife was baking cook. But by, by the way, so she's baking all these Christmas cookies. Mm-hmm. I have not had one Christmas cookie, and she's baked like probably twenty dozen cookies because she's like, no, this is for this group that I take, and then this is mm-hmm. for this mom's group, and then this is for the bus driver, and this is for the mailman, and this is for the guy that I'm sleeping with on the side, uh, and none of these are for you, fatty. So I've not had any cookies, but she was saying she really wants like a stand mixer, like the countertop type mixer. Mm-hmm. So immediately, my head, I'm like, all right, that's a good gift. She legitimately said she wanted it. I need to squash any hope of her getting it. So I proceeded to tell her how terrible of an idea that was. That she only uses it once a year. There's no way I'm going to waste the money on it. And then it's sitting right over there. There's like a hundred and twenty dollar one or something. Like nice. it's not a super nice one, but yeah, you know it's. A little bit of research. I could talk about... You want to talk about stand mixers for sure. a while? Okay. Let's talk about stand mixers. <laughs> is it a KitchenAid? No. Okay. Does it have... Uh, does it fit, like, standard attachments? It has attachments that come with it. It's got, like, okay. four. Dope which hook? I don't know what they do. Like, it's got... It's got a... Uh, I thought you did research. You don't know mm, what they do? I don't know what they do. <laughs> I figure more attachments, the better. Does one of them look like a hook? Yeah. So that's a dough hook. Does one of them look like a whisk? I don't know if it has a whisk, but it's got the... The bell-shaped metal wood. They're metal attachments. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's uh, good. And it's to stay That's good because they're bowl. easier clean and to, yeah. they stick less. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm, Babadook. Uh, Overall thoughts on Babadook? Uh, so, I, I think I, t- I said last week the experience watching the trailer and how creepy it was. And I was like, nope, never going to watch this movie. That was the experience for the first third to half, mm-hmm. and then I started laughing at the movie, and I feel like that's a bad thing. So this movie, when it came out, is like held in super high regard for that year, and mm-hmm. it's very art house horror, and like this is the example to me of like the pretentious horror fans. Like you can legitimately like things, but then you start liking things for the wrong reasons. I legitimately tried twice with this movie mm. and I don't get the appeal. Like I do not connect to the mother. I do not connect to the kid at all. Honestly, I, t- I totally did at least definitely connected to the son being, I mean, that was my mother and I relationship, you know, uh, she was a single mom against the world and I was the man of the house. And I felt like kid simultaneously kid and, protector mm-hmm. you know so like i i totally buy that relationship i didn't say i didn't buy it well la di da i no, i'm just semantics I, I'm, <laughs> I, it could be realistic and still not be something that that i identify with or can connect with and Certainly. i and, and i hate hearing that because i feel like that's people copping out so just saying they that it's not good like i feel like there's competency here for sure it's just i can't at any point th- there's like this division of, of I don't want to use the word reality uh, because obviously we deal with monsters and things on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
accessibility maybe, but it, but it also is odd because I've got the kid that's close to this. Like I just had a, a Christmas program with him in his special needs class, you know, today. Yeah. Um, so I get the, the kid that's angry and that you feel like at times you just want to, to strangle figuratively speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, you just want to strangle and you, and you just need time. I've said that before. Like there's times when my wife and I are just like, I'm done tag you're in yeah and this mom didn't have that luxury she was never able to tag somebody else in that just didn't happen exactly um so we should get into the story a little bit yeah but uh well i mean it starts off uh just kind of showing their relationship she's she doesn't have a great job she's very stressed out but underappreciated from that um you see that the kid uh it's a very weird kid. He's super into monsters, and he uh, makes um, weapons to fight monsters and things like that down in the secret basement that he's not supposed to go into because that has all of his dead dead dad's things. Yeah, so I don't feel like the fact that he is weird because of the monster thing. I think it's more like he has a tendency that he could be harming himself or other people is sure. the, big, the big problem here because um, you can be a weirdo and have it not be problematic. The problematic points come from him breaking windows and creating these harpoon harpoons and things that could potentially be hurting himself. Yeah, or other he's, people. he's probably on the spectrum. He has a hard time with social interaction. Things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and he's whether or not it's uh, a physical malady or not. Uh, it's also comes into play that he's, he's fatherless. Like you said, mm-hmm. uh, his father died on the way to the hospital to have him. Yep. His father wasn't going to have him. His <laughs> mother had him. Yes. But on the in route to when he was being born by his mother. Because mm-hmm. that's dad. something else we have in common. I can identify with this. Is my mother gave birth to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, See, same here. So. Well, so, you know. Small world. That's why I feel like I really connected to the beginning of this movie. <laughs> like, I, I freaking, like... I was taking my phone and holding it up in my vision to block out parts of the screen. Like, that's how freaked out I was by this movie. It, it sets up the creepiness mm-hmm. so well. with Like, when it's just them, and then... So, the plot really gets going when he wants to read a bedtime story. He pulls one off the shelf, and it's this book called Mr. Babadook. And... He, uh, they're, they start reading it, and it's super scary, and he's a uh, crying mess, and she's just like, this. forget about this book. It's going up on the shelf to never be seen again. I have this moment with both of my kids. The first one was with Ernest Scared Stupid. Like He was like, I want to watch Ernest. I want to watch Ernest right around the age of four. Mm-hmm. So we watched Ernest every day, and then all of a sudden it was like, holy shit, I'm scared of trolls. I can't sleep. <laughs> I'm scared of trolls and you thought I would have learned and I didn't learn because my four-year-old was like found scary clown videos on YouTube Mm -hmm. and he was like I gotta watch scary clowns gotta watch scary clowns gotta watch scary clowns I can't go anywhere by myself now because I'm scared there's a scary clown there I mean there were scary clowns with knives out there and for a while I I didn't want to go anywhere by myself at dark (laughs) fuck that shit (laughs) yeah so he was nervous about that for sure um so the Babadook, uh, 
hear about it, and then it starts manifesting itself as a reality, both for the boy and for the mother. Yeah. So my first three notes on this movie so far. She's got problems. That kid is creepy. That book is creepy. And then the fourth one, too many creepy things. Because I feel like the first third of this movie is fantastic. It's got tons of atmosphere and is creepy as fuck. You know, the book reappears. She tears it up. Then it reappears like uh, all like taped back together or whatever. And those blank pages are now filled in with stuff that she's going to do, which is kill her dog, kill her son, kill herself. Which the actual pop up, so this is a pop up book, right? And it's awesome. It's amazing. The it, it, and I love that they recreated it for the packaging for the DVD. Mm-hmm. And there's a new vinyl that came out that recreates the pet that even more. It's yeah. incredible. Um, there's a, a line that I love from the little boy. Is he he's having one of his many fits, and he says, uh, "She won't let me have a dad." Like it is very much the anger ends up getting directed towards the mother yeah. for not having a father. Right. And that was heartbreaking. She, she tried, she basically coped with the death of her father, of his father, um, by just kind of moving all the stuff into the basement and not dealing with it. Oh, she totally has buried her grief. Yeah. For six years, seven years, however mm-hmm. old this kid is. She has buried those emotions. She won't even celebrate his birthday. Because it is the anniversary of the death of the husband. Mm-hmm. Um, he and has that's a key birthday point. weeks before. That's a very, very key point, is that she has not dealt with this shit in the slightest. Mm-hmm. And by key point, I mean the point. Yeah. <laughs> the soul point. Yeah, and he keeps sneaking down there. Soul point. S-O-U-L point. Like soul plane? Like soul plane. The plan Louis was... Louis C.K. wrote a movie like that. Pootie Tang? Yeah. Yeah. He directed it too. It's weird. Uh, I feel like... Uh, not Tim Lair. Who's the guy... Uh, fuck. I'm an asshole. Yo. Fuck. I have Tim Lair in my head and that's not his name. Oh, you're an asshole? That's what he says. That was his big hit. His, uh, and sometimes I park in handicapped spaces while handicapped people make handicapped faces. I'm an asshole. I don't know. Uh, Tim, uh, Dennis Leary. Boom. Got it. Close. I'm pretty sure Tim. Dennis. Tim. Tim Lehrer, Dennis Leary. Uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Dennis Leary helped bankroll. Pootie Tang, uh, which is funny because Dennis Leary's biggest bit was that asshole thing, which, according to Louis C.K., he stole from Louis C.K. when he was like 17 and up-and-comer doing open mics and stuff. Hmm. That was a big go-around for nothing. Babadook. <laughs> Babadook. Uh, an annoying thing for this movie for me is at least on two occasions, it might be three, but you see clothing hanging that ends up looking like the babadook well the first time it's the dad's clothes and it just looks like a dude okay yeah sorry the second time it's absolutely the babadook like down to down to the hat in the police yeah and i thought that was the last good thing that happens in this movie for me um because the actual design of the of him of the creature 
is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he looks terrifying. My favorite moment in this, like if this was just an hour and a half of the vintage style Babadook, mm-hmm. so they go to like this 1920s, like silent movie style black and white thing, and you yeah. s- with like the cardboard and 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 plywood backgrounds. It's real movies from that time, from the silent film era, with him worked in, mm-hmm. and it looks incredible. Like I would want to watch that movie rather than than the actual movie that we just saw. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, Even though, yeah, uh, at one point, she uh, there's glass in her soup. She keeps pulling out big chunks of glass in her soup. Mm-hmm. Uh, super creepy. Uh, I, okay, so then the big thing is, so she always, her sister, her sister's daughter, she always latched onto her birthday and, and tried to combine them. Mm-hmm. And so this was the first year, hey, uh, she wants a princess party. She doesn't, she doesn't want it to be a dual birthday party. Mm-hmm. And so this becomes reading this. between the lines. Your kid is a fucking weirdo. <laughs> it is like but to a degree. That, like we've put a, we've like, put up with this for this long. We love him. He's our nephew. He's her the, her cousin. But we can't be shouldering this this much. She needs to be her own little girl and do sure. her own thing. Yeah. But as a kid, I fucking loved my birthday because it was all about me. Mm-hmm. And so you know, maybe the kid just wanted it all about her. Yeah, I I definitely read that it is, uh, it was the mom pushing it as opposed to the dad yeah. or as opposed to the kid. So this is another kind of creepy moment of all the like Stepford wives there. They all have the exact same gift bag, and I thought that like the atmosphere going on here is fantastic. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, I do love. There's a total uh, the difference between her and the other moms is night and day. So she's worn down. She's got wrinkles. She's dressed down. Mm-hmm. She's just trying to get by. Meanwhile, the rest of them are MILFs, right? And yeah. they're and they're there all decked out with the latest fashion, and they How, all have the exact same gift bags. How's Tom's merger going? Yep. Obviously, it, things are going well for all these women. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, her life is falling apart. Yeah, completely. Um, then things start getting weird. Mm-hmm. Over the top weird. Yeah. We have uh, teeth. Are, are... She starts pulling out teeth. She does that at the, like, the very end of the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I'm still at the birthday party. I'm sorry. Go to the birthday party. I mean, first of all, it's a children's birthday party in a horror movie with a clown. Nothing happens to that clown. I think that's the first time I've ever seen that. <laughs> I'm expecting this clown's going to do something or this something's going to happen to this clown. There's going to be an accident and it's going to fuck up these kids. Do you remember the clown episode of Seinfeld where George is at the party and there's like a tiny, tiny fire and he likes knocks the kids over and runs through? I, I'm not. I didn't really watch Seinfeld. Oh, OK. So here's the scene. All right. Clown birthday party, small fire. George knocks over the little kids and the adults as they're trying to run out and save himself. Nice. That clown is John Favreau. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I was I was watching. Uh, just happened to randomly. We talk be about Louis C.K. and John Favreau in every episode somehow. <laughs> Go ahead. 
So uh, when's John Favreau going to masturbate in front of women? <laughs> Hopefully never. <laughs> Hopefully he's pretty joyous. <laughs> uh, I was just happening happening to watch the last episode of Friends, and I've never seen an episode of Friends. It's a good show. You know what else is a good show? Seinfeld. I want to watch Curb. I feel like I don't, I never really identified with the Seinfeld people, but I was also younger, and so I think I have that stigma. That's why I want to watch, I want to start watching Curb, because I think I, 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 to be honest, I would enjoy Larry David in a way that I don't think I ever did Jerry Seinfeld. Plus, I, I can't watch Michael Richards after the incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, Jim Rash is like just a key background character who plays the principal in Community. He also did the. He also hosted the Beyond the Stranger Things thing I on Netflix. I don't know. Anyway, it was just weird when you see like some semi-famous actors. Like, oh, this is probably one of the first big things, and he's just screaming about. That's a the whole premise of the Zadar cast. Sure. Before he was the megastar. But episode two of the Zdarkast was him in his megastar role. Yeah. And then we're going to see how right. he got that. I don't know. <laughs> Start at the bottom, go to the top, let's see where it goes next. Uh, the whole joke was he's never a megastar. Yeah. He's decidedly scraping the bottom of the barrel. And then he had a... A brief rise. Is that how his face got like that? Brief rise into mediocrity with Maniac Cop, and then <laughs> Babadook. Uh, yes. Um, y- when when was the moment that you started changing courses on this? Uh, so the kid like has a seat. Like the kid is in the back. The, I feel like one of the last great creepy moments is the kid is in the back seat and talking about the monsters coming home from the party where he accidentally uh, pushed his cousin off uh, Trias or whatever. Uh, I don't think there was any accident. Well, no. he He's a disturbed little kid that tried to hurt somebody else. But she was hurting him also. Yeah. Um, it's peelings. Uh, so he starts screaming no don't let it in don't let it in don't let it in and then like has a seizure and i thought oh that's cool so the kid has a seizure disorder and that's we're like gonna melt into his world like what his freaky brain is uh that's not what happened no that's not the movie that's the movie that i wrote in my head at that moment no the movie then is you can do anything you want because there's no rules because spoiler 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 the babadook isn't real yeah, it is. The, what are you talking about? What are you What are you talking about? The Babadook isn't real. It's just a manifestation of her grief. But she keeps it as a pet and feeds it. That not literally. That's her dealing with her grief. All right. I thought it was gonna. I thought it was supposed to be metaphorical, but it, I feel like it did not do well in that. I think the entire thing is. Just pulling it out from under you. This is a manifestation of our grief. When I finally decide I'm going to go through my husband's things at the end, this is me finally dealing with my grief. And then I'm able to live alongside my monster, quote unquote, which is me dealing with my grief uh, and my depression. I'm facing it. And finally, now I can live with it and deal with it. And 
because it's still going to be with you, but you have to live with it and go through. See, I that's where I was hoping it was going, and for me, it, maybe I'd stay too literal, but that's... I thought I thought at one point, oh, it's just going to be like, this is her grief or whatever. Yeah, I think that's all it is. This is... I don't know. This is a Lifetime movie <laughs> disguised with a great monster. Uh, so the point for me, the point where like the first crack came in is the phone call and it's just like Baba Duck and I was like I think they they think that's creepy but that just sounds funny it wasn't it didn't hit me as creepy at all I'm good with the voice more than I am some of the other garbage yeah and then the point where I was like boom is when it's in the neighbor's house the first time you full on see it on screen, and I was like, "That looks stupid." It was like, you know, you remember signs? Yeah. Do you know how like piss your pants fucking scary it was oh, when the, birthday the kid's party birthday scene? party? Yeah. And it just fucking flashes by, and then at the end, you're like, "Oh, it's just a dumb little thing." Yeah. Who's afraid of water? Yeah. Like, cut that movie off five minutes early, and it's a great movie. Um. Yeah, I would disagree about the. The voice. I think that still resonates with me, um, but ultimately, it just it feels like a lifetime movie that they stuck a monster that they wasted in it. Like I, I want to make very clear how batshit fucking creeped out and scared I was, and how one hundred percent one eighty flip I did on this thing. It is crazy. It was a roller coaster ride, but it's just like straight up and then straight down and then you're done. <laughs> or just going up like this is going to be scary. And then that's when you get off is that high point. Yeah. Um, Any points we're missing here? I'm summarizing it with my lifetime analogy. That's my feelings on it. And it's not a popular one, uh, but that's where I fall. So and we're if nothing, if not honest on this. Yeah. I told pooping in the pants stories. I mean, you were forced to, but you did. <laughs> that was nice. That came through. Yeah. I was honest. I mean, that's, that why, if, was that's on, why you had to tell it, because yeah. it came through. <laughs> I was honest in that I said, if I lost, then we would be doing that. Mm-hmm. And then you lost very horribly. Oh, it was decisive, too. Yeah. Yeah. Real yeah. bad. Good for you. Thanks. Yeah. No, I own that. I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, so, we're still going through our advent calendar of Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. And when I watched this movie, guess what movie I watched that I had no idea was going to be so prescient to watching this movie? Scrooged. No, but we did watch that earlier. I was thinking hat and closer. Mm. Home Alone. Okay. Because that's what the end of this movie is. It's fucking Home Alone. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So... The mom, the, the mom eats the Babadook, mm-hmm. goes inside of her, uh, and then kind of takes her over. And so she's going insane. She kills the dog. She's going to kill the son. And then... Which, by the way, that's metaphor for the grief is overtaking her. Yeah. She's succumbing to it. I'm not telling you. I'm just talking. But why did it manifest with the kid? The kid doesn't have grief. He doesn't know his dad. He can't have grief. He can have loss and maybe resentment and emptiness but he can't have grief i don't know 
Don't tell I mean, him he could to, have Don't breathe. tell him how to feel. <laughs> like, but that's not the common anyway. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, okay, so the mom is going crazy, and then she has that moment of twist. Oh, I'm better now. We're going to go to the neighbors and spend the night. Everything's going to be all right. And the son takes out a kitchen knife and stabs her in the leg. <laughs> runs upstairs. Shoots her with a crossbow that he made himself. Mm-hmm. Fires a backpack catapult at her, which beans her in the head with a softball. Runs down to the basement. Pulls the rope so that she trips and falls down the stairs. Did not know Home Alone was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna watch it twice that night. <laughs> There's a legit. Uh, it's it's much better in my opinion than this, but it's literally Home Alone as a horror movie, like little kids fighting back against them, but it's actually hurting the people that are doing it. You said that is a movie or a movie? No, it, it is. It's called the Aggression Scale, hmm. and it's a real thing. I was just cleaning out my notes for no reason because I'm never going to look at them again. Yeah, I noticed that. But I was my like, OCD we're in was the like, oh, I mentioned Home Alone twice here. I can just delete the second time I said it. <laughs> so it left me just having to keep continue to talk. I'm not going to pay attention to the podcast. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I don't like a, I don't like the Babadook. Why does it make dino noises? Like it makes it has the generic dinosaur noise. <sighs> Like you would get a plastic battery-operated dinosaur, and it would make that noise. Noise. I'm trying to recreate it in my head, and I don't have it. Do it for me. <laughs> nope, that wasn't even close. <laughs> They're layers, man. Like, <laughs> your uh, impressions and uh, voices are not your forte. I can do a very select few, decently enough. That I get overconfident and think I can do everything. And I can't. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, it follows? Sure. Jump into it. Um, oh, first, we talked about Maniac Cop. Yeah. We talked about it, which we do every episode. But <laughs> uh, I, I, had a re- I was thinking about Maniac Cop 2 this week because my four-year-old was sitting on the couch. I'm sitting in here doing work. Um uh, in the next room over, he starts calling the dog, and he's calling the dog. Remember the, we didn't talk about it, I don't think, on the episode, but there's an awesome scene when when he's sitting there with Danny Trejo, so he's locked up in the jail. In the jail. Uh, he's in the jail, and he's just singing, like, I know you're coming for me, Cordell. Cordell, rescue me, Cordell. Mm-hmm. And I was laughing because my four-year-old's sitting in the other room, and he's and I wrote this note on my sheet because he's sitting sitting in there singing, "Come sit with me, Cordell." <laughs> Come. He's just. I don't know if he. I don't think he's ever heard. Like Maniac Cop Two is on enough in my house. Maybe he picked it up. Yeah. But I think it was just legit. Like he was singing to the Cordell, and yeah. it was like the exact same tune as in the movie. What melody would you make up? It was awesome to call someone named Cordell. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I loved it. The end. Wrap a bow on that. Great story. <laughs> uh, it follows. Overall thoughts. Synopsis. We never did a synopsis for Babadook. Yeah, we did. Okay. I wasn't paying attention. I feel like we did. Okay. Maybe it was under the guise of feelings. Okay. 
Uh, synopsis for it follows a uh, sexually transmitted ghost, basically. Boom. Overall thoughts? Uh, uh, this is hard to describe because it's like, I enjoyed it. It's good. It's flawed. Uh, but like, I applaud them for their premise and like their execution was most of the way there. It's not a perfect movie, but it was good. So what the, the, when I talk about this movie with people, there's one thing that they talk about that makes me mad. So I'm going to say what you're not allowed to say. And then if you're okay. going to say it, go ahead and get it all out. And then I can tell you that that is moot. Okay. Okay. I hear people complain because they say the kids shouldn't have done that. The kids should have done this. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we could debate all day, like, what would you do in a zombie outbreak, right? But the point is, that's not what these characters did. This is their story for what they did and how they reacted. Sure, yeah. Do any of your hangups fall into that category that I'm saying don't count? No. Perfect. Good. I can listen to you and with respect. <laughs> not that I can think of off the bat, no. Good. Cause, no, that's what I hear all the time. So so the, the premise is, like he said, it's a sexually transmitted ghost. The concept is, uh, I would argue it's more of a demon, I think, but whatever. Semantics. Uh, or it's just not, like, It's not explained. So. I was going to say, or just like Maniac Cop, it's its own thing. It doesn't need a name. Yeah. Um, but it follows. The premise is you have sex with someone that's quote unquote infected or what have you. There's only one person ever at a time that is. And this ghost demon manifests itself as a human being, and it literally just follows you. So well, it walks there's slow. There's one person that's on the top of the list, but everybody is infected. Yeah, and it's, but there's one person that it's actively seeking. So it's mm-hmm. actively following one person. And it's just manifests itself as a human being, just slowly walking, right? Um, so what I'll hear people say is, why don't they just get on a plane and go to Japan? And then they'll be safe for a long, long time or whatever. Like, that's not a critique of what you would do is not something that you can do for this story. Okay. Can I have, can I ask you a question? Yes. I'm, I'm infected. Uh-huh. I'm the, I'm the next person up, right? Okay. Uh, I have sex with person A. Mm-hmm. And then I have sex with person B. Mm-hmm. And those people make their own branches. It's no longer one chain. What happens now? Are you sure that it infects A and B? I, I would have thought it just infected A. So once once I pass it on... You're done. It's, until well, until, until that it's per- after me again. Yes. I don't think you can keep having sex and then it keeps going after them. I still think there's one. Okay. My interpretation. Okay. okay. I'll buy it. Okay. So starting off the movie... Um, where are we at? Uh, my first note here is usually the dur- the douchebag drugs her before sex. <laughs> uh, even before that, like we have like a beach scene, right? Don't we start on the beach? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know about you, but the beach sucks. Like yeah. this is showing you like kind of a shitty beach, which is what I love about this movie is that it feels very real and grounded. It's a very real movie about a sexually transmitted ghost. Yeah. Well, I mean, meaning. That is the one thing that you're giving it, but yeah. the rest of it is completely well. That's not true because, like, you got the she- seashell thing. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. What the fuck was up with that? So anyway, but like the beach is shitty, right? Like every time I go to the beach, like there's fucking sand and then like I'm trying to get my kid, like you can't change like and rinse off because where you're trying to rinse off and then you try to get put underwear on in the little beach house, you get sand (laughs) in your underwear and then you got sand in the car. It's terrible. When I went to the beach in California, I just like, I was in jeans. I just took off my shoes and ran down to the ocean. That was my beach story. (laughs) Okay, the beach is terrible. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so there's, uh, before, so you're jumping way already. You're jumping ahead. Sorry, that's usually your job. No, that's true. Um, so, like, we oh, we open on the beach, then we well, go... We open on the girl in the suburb, and she's, like, running, because it's coming after her. Yes. And then she drives to the beach and she... waits for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then... is horrifically murdered. Then we see her... We don't see her. We see the remnants of her being horrifically murdered. Yep. Cut to uh, a... Teenage girl swimming in a dirty, shitty, above-ground pool in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of what I'm talking about. Like, that's the average American's pool. If they have a pool, they're going to be swimming in a dirty, above-ground pool. you're in the Midwest, yeah. Yeah, you're swimming in a dirty, above-ground pool. And that's what I meant by it felt real. Like, the teenagers in this movie are still 19 or 20, but they feel way more like teenagers. Yeah. They're not sexual. Like you watch the majority of no, movies, um, they're not sexual. They're awkward. They've got relationships that feel like they are real people with real relationships. I just said the word relationships twenty five times <laughs> to make me sound smart. Yeah. Um, but all of those things combined. So when you do put the paranormal thing in there. That's the only thing you're giving it. You're not trying to suspend your disbelief about the fact that these 27-year-old girls that all look like porn stars are in high school, and they're the people you're trying to follow. Yeah. Didn't mean to say follow, but you... (laughs) High five. (laughs) Okay. Drugging people. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I'll go before that. Yeah, what the fuck is up with that compact? Like... I don't know. So so it's like the super real world. It shows um, they're in a D- Detroit suburb, and then they go into the city, and it's just shitty abandoned housing. Like, it feels really real and everything, and there's this fucking space computer. Like, why? It's, no, I, okay, so what, I, what it feels like is it's a seashell-shaped compact, which is like a makeup container is what it looks like, mm-hmm. but it's basically a... Uh, Kindle or a... My note is literally, what the fuck is up with that compact Kindle? Yeah, that's what it is. So I don't... My guess with this is this is an attempt to, you know, Requiem for a Dream, how it feels timeless in that there's things that don't add up. Like they will have a cell phone, but then everybody will use like a rotary phone. Sure. So they don't match up and you can't pinpoint when this is supposed to be. That's my guess about what was being attempted here. But that's like the only thing that I can immediately pick up on. It's the only thing. Like, it's the only anachronistic thing. It's not like Requiem for a Dream where it's like past, present, future all mixed into one. Yeah. It's, it is just, hey, here's this weird future thing. Like, maybe, maybe she was just supposed to be reading the book because the book, she calls out like, 
reads from it from time to time, mm-hmm. and it's very timely about the plot and everything. So maybe they wanted that device in the plot, and we're just like, do we get do we get a Kindle? What do we do? Does she read it on her smartphone? Like, I don't know. Maybe. They but didn't. it's not so futuristic that it's impossible. Like that could totally exist. Sure, but it's shitty. Like I feel like we are past that Ooh. moment of a, shitty a flip, novelty f- devices like yeah, that. Yeah, like a flip phone style Kindle, basically, is yeah. what it is. Yeah. I, I don't have the answer. That, like I said, that was my best guess of what he's trying to do, but I feel like he definitely needed to do more if that's what he was trying to do. Every time that thing was on screen, it took me out of the scene because I'm just like screaming in my head at what the fuck is that thing? <laughs> what, why is it there? Yeah. Um, so we meet our protagonist, uh, and it's a girl. She's out uh, with her squeeze, her boo. Please punch me in the face later for saying that. Yep, her bae. Uh and she finally gives in and they have sex mm-hmm. in the back of a he car. He seems like a good guy. Which is a skinny person thing. Yeah, definitely. They have sex in the back of the car, to which he immediately uh, knocks her unconscious. Chloroforms her, ties her to a wheelchair. Ties her to a chair. Then he explains to her, as someone is walking up, here's the deal. I had sex with you. I'm sorry. You have to have sex with somebody else to move it past you. It will keep following you wherever it will go or wherever you go. Mm-hmm. They're well, very, it's, you. it's slow, but it is not dumb, which comes important later. That was a key line for me. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll never know what it looks like. Uh, I wanted to show you this so you knew it was real. Uh, and I think here he tells her that if she dies, it'll come after him. Yeah. Right. She tells him that. So basically, they come up with a great way to lay out the entire mythos of whatever this creature is. Um, why you is it a great way? Because you were like, oh, they came up with this great way to, like, that's what every movie does. They have a character who doesn't know the thing, and they have exposition of the character talking to them about that's that That's true, thing. but I feel like this was justified. Like, he's saying... <laughs> I, I get it, but I'm not going to let you pass for what's, like, just exposition no 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 no. i think it's better it's more than that because he's trying to save his own ass it's not just exposition he's motivated to make sure she stays safe and has sex with someone else because the more the further degrees away it is from him the safer he is right that's the idea but the actual scene is literally him talking to her and the audience at the exact same time telling both of them everything we need to know for the rest of the movie isn't that how movies work that's why I said it's not a great scene. A great scene is doing that without feeling like you're doing that, and I feel like like that's exactly what it was. I will call out subtle exposition or subtle foreshadowing and things like that way more than he just split the entire plot of the movie out into our faces. So that was great. I don't know. I think I'm saying it was great because it felt justified instead of when you have somebody that looks it up on a computer. Like, we, we haven't had that yeah, in a while. you can definitely do that badly. We haven't had that in a while, so that's good. Um, and, I, and I passed by this. I passed by this, but I want to emphasize how great it is to not have our lead. This is terrible. She's a very pretty girl. Okay? <laughs> you know what? What? I know what you're going to say. But I, I love the fact that she's not a bimbo. She rem- she reminded me of uh, a less annoying Cat Dennings. I don't know who that is. 
uh, Two Broke Girls. Don't know what that is. But I'm just so happy that we don't have Jennifer Love Hewitt, you know? Like, I'm just so (laughs) tired. I'm just so tired of that. And the fact that we have somebody that seems like a real teenager uh, is huge for me. Sure. I I appreciate how she was written and acted. Um, So she doesn't buy this, obviously. Yeah. I mean, in her mind, she's just been raped, kind of. Like, it was consensual sex, but then everything that happened after that is the same trauma, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so she comes home, like, he literally dumps her in the street in her underwear. Um, so, it's a very traumatic experience. I don't think she has the mechanisms in place at that moment to cope with this information. No, but she does believable or not, but she does exactly what a teenager would do, which is she clings to her friends, right? Like, so you go through stages in life where like your family's the most important thing, then your friends when you're a teenager and then you, your significant other as you get older. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what she does is cling to her friends. So you get this group of friends, they're hanging out with her. They're trying to comfort her. They're trying to be there for her. The one girl sits in the bathroom and eats licorice. And I was like, I'm going to puke because she's eating in the bathroom. <laughs> this is so gross right now. But she's not using the bathroom. It doesn't matter. There are things that happen in that bathroom that no human being should eat in there. I close my eyes when I walk into a bathroom so the poop particles don't <laughs> get in my eyes. You have a weird obsession with poop particles. <laughs> You're like the Mark Summer of this podcast. Don't know what that means. He hosted Double Dare. He's a clean freak. Hmm. You're the Howie Mandel of this podcast. Is that a better reference? I get that. I don't. Mark Summer's such a better reference, though. I don't have a Howie Mandel tattoo. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. I remembered that you do. (laughs) You have a Howie Mandel tattoo. (laughs) It's him like he's blowing up the, the glove. No, it's not. What was that from? What are you talking about? He like that was his bit like in the eighties is he would take a surgical glove, put it over his head, over his nose, and with his nose blow it up until it exploded. So people did party jokes <laughs> professionally the in the eighties? Yeah. I guess that's Gallagher's whole shtick, right? Like that was the eighties, like that was uh when stand up boomed is like anybody who could tell a fart joke or do something that was funny. Like, got rich. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so the creature ends up coming for him. Yeah. Uh, and what was the first one that comes after her? Is it when she's in the house with Paul? She's in the house with people, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to Why remember the first. We, where do all these movies... Why is every neighborhood in these movies has a channel that's just full of old movies? Old public domain movies? Yeah. <laughs> it's because you have to have something public domain. No, you're, you're absolutely right. They're always just watching these public domain movies. Every movie does. Yeah. Yeah. It's, most of the time it's Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Or um, uh, it came from outer space. So, all right. So here's a serious one. Obviously, when they're making this, this was an indie movie. They didn't know who was going to pick it up. Wouldn't you think it would be beneficial for everyone involved if they took a movie that whomever bought this movie, whoever owned the rights to this movie, if they put another movie in that they owned, they could easily do that, right? So they own, they own Cabin Fever, so they just put Cabin Fever in. I think some, some do that, but I think that's a bigger and b like probably shunned. 
Think so? I feel like I feel like uh, the person that made this was making a piece of art. Oh, no, they were for sure. So they would not appreciate that in their art. I don't even necessarily mean this one, but in general, you'd think that that would happen more. Sure. I bet that happens a lot in uh, your trauma films. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, well, I mean, look at look at uh, my trauma films, like digging up the marrow. It wasn't you. That was a that was a you all. That was a royal <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, uh-huh. um, like digging up the marrow. Adam Green used everything in that was all his stuff, and there they were all wearing his t-shirts because he could say, "Yeah, that's fine." Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they decide it's real, but then the big the big part for me, if we if if I'm moving too fast, stop me, is they end up going to the beach as well. Like yeah. this beach uh, area. So dude across the street joins the gang after she runs yes. away from Who seems to be the dirty kid from Stranger Things. The dirty kids? The the Winona Ryder's older son, whatever his oh, name is that always uh, looks greasy. Yeah. Uh Will's that, the younger kid, uh doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't. But, but that's that, still going to bug th- me. Doesn't that look like him? Like it feels like the same character. Sure. I actually thought more he looked more like uh, uh, Steve Carey. Carey? Um, the guy that plays her, the sister's boyfriend in the first movie. And then kind of becomes the babysitter in the second series. Oh. What are you talking about? What, movie, what show? Stranger Things. You just said first movie and then I second first one. Series. I didn't even know what we were talking about. First season, second season. Steve. Steve, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's Steve. His name. His last name's Kerry. Doesn't matter. You were getting sidetracked way too much. Oh! <laughs> like, <laughs> Why can't I remember these things? <laughs> See, and then he looks like Your synopsis. the guy from uh, Parks and Rec. And so the guy from Parks and Rec is uh, that was in the 20... Tens, and then a lot of people are putting that together and saying Will you wake that me up when you're done? Steve is the dad of so the character from uh, Parks and Rec. So they're at the beach. Uh, they both take place in Indiana. They're both at the beach. One's in the 80s. They're both. They're. Oh, you just sidetracked me because I said both. <laughs> they're all at the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, her friends aren't really buying it still. They're, they're more hanging out with her. They're trying to comfort her. Uh, and then she's sitting there and there's an awesome scene where she doesn't know that it's behind her and it just like grabs her hair. So it's pulling her hair up and then she doesn't even realize it at first, but the rest of her group is like, holy fuck, something is happening because something is lifting up your hair that we can't see Mm -hmm. because the only person that's the infected can actually see it. Yeah. So we get the sequence where the one guy tries to break a chair over it, even though he can't see it and the chair shatters, Mm -hmm. they end up getting, chasing it in. He gets pushed way the fuck away yes so he gets hit power ranger style and flies away mm-hmm. um and they rush into a shed type area yeah. as it tries to break in right mm-hmm. gunfire starts becoming and it's incredible because one of the kids this is very funny and real at the same time he crouches behind a lawn chair yeah to protect himself from the gunfire mm-hmm but I feel like that's what someone would do if Definitely. shots were happening. Anything, it's cover, anything. You know? yes. It's you gonna... don't realize that it's like fucking vinyl. No, but you're still going to react to that way. Yeah. It's the same thing. You, if you're about to get hit by a car, you're going to automatically cover your face. Mm-hmm. Not going to help anything. Nope. nope. But you're going to cover your face if mm-hmm. you're about to get hit by a car. Um. So everybody's on board. Holy shit, this is real now. Yeah. They also go to the home of the guy who goes to her, like the home that he rented. Yes. Uh. And they find a picture of him, and they go to the high school and find out who he is. That picture 
That was our Letterman jacket. It, it was it was our colors. <laughs> yeah. It was an L. Yeah, that was totally our Letterman yeah, jacket. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I just had to call that out. That like I was like, is that fucking my Letterman jacket? And then Marianne was like, really? And I was like, I mean, it's a it's an L and it's our colors. But yeah, there's only thousands of those high schools out there. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> I mean, really, there's what five colors that could possibly be and twenty six letters. And how many of those 26 I mean, letters? Red, blue, purple, brown. Green. Yellow, maybe. Green. And green. So what was that? Six colors? Yeah. And 20 letters that it really conceivably could have been? Yeah. I don't know. There's probably some people who go to like Quincy Adams High School. Quincy High School. Zanzibar High School. <laughs> Okay, 23 letters. Xylophone high school. Uh, so they, they end up going and hooking up with the guy that infected her, and he talks to them more, yeah. right? She, he's advocating, you need to sleep with somebody quickly to get it off of you. Mm-hmm. Stop it from going, chasing and you. Like, he's freaking out. Like, a woman walks by. He's like, you guys see her? He's, like, visibly shaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we haven't talked about the score yet. No. Which is fucking incredible. It was good, but I feel like at some points it felt perfect, and at some points it felt distracting. Okay. I feel like when disaster. Piece, I can't argue with how you feel. Yeah, I know. I can well, just I tell like you you're wrong. I objectively the disaster piece. I think not objectively, but the disaster piece music on itself, I feel like was great. Um, he did the Fez soundtrack. I love it. Um, <clears throat> had to clear my throat uh but there were points at this movie where he was hitting those sharp 8-bit notes i feel like in a distracting way it becomes a character like it is a character as much this is not a subtle score at all at all um and it's telling you how to feel and it is very much in your face like it is a part of the movie as opposed to a subtext of the movie or something that is happening in the background yeah um, one thing we haven't talked about is mm-hmm. kind of in the background of most shots are, is it kind of coming at? Yes. And that's what or someone walking towards the camera. Yes. It doesn't necessarily have to be that. And that's what I think you were talking about the backwards roller coaster of the Babadook. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is almost the opposite in that you hear the concept and you're like, okay, somebody walking towards you, that's scary. This makes that scary. This movie super effectively makes someone walking in the background towards you. Mm-hmm. Just a person walking. any yeah. per- And that's the cool... Th- it could be any fucking person. They're just in the car having a conversation, and then like there's a woman back there just walking, walking towards, them. towards them. And they make that scary. Is that is that a, per- is that a thing? We don't know. Yeah. And they this movie does that so effectively. Something that you should not be scary turns scary, as opposed to something that is supposed to be scary isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to applaud it for being able to accomplish something like that. There's no monster. There's no special. There's special effects, but there's no creature design. Right. And they create a creature. Except that big dude. <laughs> the design of that big, huge guy was real creepy. <laughs> um, yeah. So you get like a giant guy. You at one point, my favorite shot in the movie. They're running away from the house, and they pull away, and there's just a naked man standing on the roof. 
Yeah, my my first thought was that's probably just a coincidence. <laughs> he was just up there having yeah. a good time. Did you guys see that guy? Yeah, we all do. That's just <laughs> neighbor. That's just Carl. <laughs> you didn't know he did that? Like it's super distracting for every for all of us. I thought you knew he was up there. <laughs> Fucking Carl, being naked be on our Saturday. roof all the time. Um. So, do we end up at the pool now? Or are we getting well, close, right? Well, she, uh, she, she breaks her arm, getting into an accident, run, like driving away. They're in the hospital. She decides to uh, infect the wheelman, and everything seems fine. Like they, he's not. He doesn't see it. Like, uh, I feel like the friends. The friends are starting like trying to defend her. Yep, and everything. But they're starting to realize maybe that this was, I don't know, you know, that was crazy that what happened on that beach. But maybe, maybe this isn't real, mm-hmm. you know. Then and then it kills him. Yeah, so it kills it, the it takes the form of his mom and fucks him to death. Yeah, it was very sticky. <laughs> like there was oozingness. Yeah, uh, happening. kills him. Comes after her again, mm-hmm. uh, and this is the giant guy is breaking down walls and trying very forcefully to get in. And I think this is the moment when we see the naked guy standing on the roof, right? Right, when they when they decide we're going to the pool. So they end up going to the pool. And their game plan is that they are going to lure the creature, demon, ghost, into the pool. Uh, and they have various items set up around the perimeter of the pool mm-hmm. that are uh, plugged into electrical outlets. So they are going to electrocute that and it will kill them. Right. Uh, the shows. Does their plan work? It immediately does not. It immediately does not. And it's so great to see something like that happen because always in every movie, their big epic plan, the way that they figured out to defeat it, works flawlessly. Mm-hmm. The thing doesn't even get into the water because it is smart. So it immediately picks up the shit and starts throwing it at our heroine right. that's in the pool. Mm-hmm. Super dangerous. Like you're throwing a TV at it and... They didn't understand the f- how the concept of electricity works and that the amount of water there is way too much. So their idea yeah. was f- flawed to begin with. The reason you don't drop it in a bath is because there's soap, and the soap is the conductor. Water is actually an insulator, and it doesn't connect electricity very well. So what, what conducts electricity is the impurities in the water, like the soap, or if you have mineral water or something like that. Um, so their plan was terrible to begin with. Yeah. And I love that that's But what it was a movie plan. Exactly. It was a total movie plan. Um and I love that it failed so miserably for them. Mm-hmm. Because there's times that this stuff goes in and nothing happens. So their big epic movie plan fails. Right. So they end up taking a sheet to try to throw on to drape over. Because remember, only the one girl that was infected can see it. Right. The so rest of her friends can't. They have no idea. She's trying to point them out. Paul's got a gun mm-hmm. uh, and shoots the girl in the leg at <laughs> one point. Yep. Compact girl. Uh, and then, yeah, then they get the sheet and shoot him in the head. Uh, he ends up falling into the water. Uh, and then you get the scene uh, in which he's grabbing her, pulling her down, but nobody can see who's pulling her down. Right. So he's trying to blindly shoot into the water. And this is where the movie thing happens. Uh, where it works this time? Where that's not how bullets in water work. Oh, yeah. The moment it hits the water, it basically disintegrates. Yeah. Um, but that's not how that happened here. No, they were no. very, they, 
went very well through that water. Yes. Um, also, did you do you realize who that who she was seeing coming to get her at that moment? It was a beardy guy. Mm-hmm. It's her father. Oh, because they did keep showing the. the they I'm showed a. Face. They showed a picture. They showed a picture mm-hmm. at one point, and it's just the briefest thing. So then you kind of have to start piecing together a lot of these people that you're seeing in theory are connected to them in some way. Like you see an older man at one point that's chasing or following. So imagine that was a grandpa or something like that. So it's manifesting itself. However it chooses, they don't give you that answer, but like logic would dictate if it was his mom that was coming for him. That's the girl's dad. It's probably happening. Yeah. He said it can take, he says it can take any form. And then sometimes it uh, takes the form of loved ones, like just to fuck you up in the head. Mm-hmm. He says that in the big exposition. Yep. Um, so they shoot him in the head. Mm-hmm. This is the third time we've seen this thing get shot in the head. It's the only time where it really does anything. Yeah, this one takes for some reason. Yeah. And if I have a problem with the mo- this movie, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like I, even the movie part of it about the water, I can forgive because that's following movie rules. That's fine. You can do that. Yeah. But I don't know why this one works. I, like it just fills the whole pool with invisible blood and decay but again that being said we don't know the rules of this thing third time's the charm it's like beetlejuice <laughs> you shoot beetlejuice in the head three times yeah, yeah he appears um yeah i feel like it follows is the art house movie that babadook wanted to be and it accomplishes that yeah that's my overall thoughts uh, like I said, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, it is flawed. I loved the last shot, uh, even though you know you knew what was going to happen. But it was a good last shot. What's our last shot? Uh, they're walking down the street hand in hand, and someone's walking behind them. You don't know. I feel like this movie could have like a thousand sequels. Because you could do anything with it. Like you could turn it in. You could go in any direction. Like you could turn it into something funny. You could do whatever you wanted with this. Sure. But at the end of the day, it's pretty easy to beat, right? To just keep moving forward or whatever? You, I mean, you just you fly to China. You have sex with a prostitute. You fly back. And then when you see it again, you fly to China. You have sex with a prostitute. But how do you know you that it's going to happen again? And I think that's illegal. Having sex with a prostitute in China? No, isn't it illegal to like fly just for like sex tourism? I don't know. Pretty sure it is. That's, you don't declare that that's why you're there. You're just like, oh, I want to see the wall. So just lie. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Hey, I'm going to China. You are you are infecting some person with a sex ghost. <laughs> I was going to declare that when I... When they st- I'm gonna, I'm gonna stamp this now. Anything to declare? Sex ghost. Coast to coast. That's my that's my band name. Sex ghost. Sex ghost. Coast to coast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good. Um, next week. Next week. I don't know how we're gonna do this right now. Next week, like it's been a fucking year. Yeah, it's kind of doing this. Yeah, so we kind of just have a celebratory thing next week. Yeah, thanks to the twelve listeners. Half of whom will be on the podcast. <laughs> you always say that. That's just factually inaccurate. It is factually inaccurate. <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So you're in charge of that. So I don't know if you're just going to say what we're watching or we should probably just say what we're watching, right? Uh, at one point, we talk about watching Maniac Cop and Maniac Cop 2. Uh, that does not happen because that happened after this was recorded <laughs> three weeks ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we end up watching just so you can play along. Do we tell them? Because it's going to ruin yeah. your game. But it's going to... Do I not put it on the notes? I don't know. Should we have this conversation not on air? I don't know. Hmm. Justin wins the game. We're going to watch The Visitor and God told me to. Yeah. Justin wins the game. I win the game. Spoilers. I, uh, when you said, okay, there's a point in that when you say, all right, you can trade out your movies that I handpicked for you and we can watch Maniac Cop and Maniac Cop 2. What I was hoping you would say is, you can trade with anyone else because I wanted to watch Leprechaun Four. <laughs> I, I feel he went out first, yeah, and he had the best movies. To, like I wanted to watch both of those movies. I okay. That being said, we those were good those, movies. Those were handpicked for you. Like yeah. that was your thing. So I apologize if I didn't pick well enough for you. Hey, I liked what you got me. Mm-hmm. Grass is always greener. Let's. That's true. Until you watch the Leprechaun Four, you're gonna be like, "Thank you so much for giving me a Larry Cohen movie." Uh, I don't know. I like, I like, especially in a big setting like that. The shittier the movie, the better. Yeah, I'm with you. One year. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, I feel like not a lot of podcasts get to this. There, oh, there's a big deal. Uh, we make a big announcement about something, so make sure you pay attention to that and yeah, follow. Yeah, because I wasn't. I don't even know what that is. Um, you're the only one that has that thing. Oh. Nope, don't know. Have you you've seen the movie now? Have you listened to it? You're clapping. Is it clapping? Does it have anything to do with clapping? No. I don't It's a Cohen over Cohen thing. It's a Cohen over Cohen. Oh. Release. Yeah. That thing. Yeah. So, so stay tuned. I thought I'm it was a CD. It's I'm a DVD. Feel, oh, it's a CD. The US have I watched it. We might as well just say now cuz we said the whole thing. No, it's fine. We've watched it. Have you listened to it? Oh. Because now I'm you know yet. what the songs are about. Yeah. Now I'll get way more into it, right? Yeah. Justin, what else you got for us? Uh, bah, bah. 